turn it to and say, hey, fix this, man. So It's yeah. busted. Yeah. I'm going to stick this up here. Oh, that's mine. Though. Never mind. That's mine. Uh. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. I'm going to play a song because uh, we got somebody, got something special happening today. Uh, <laughs> okay, I think just a few seconds of that and nobody will catch it. So <laughs> yeah, welcome back I, to Tom. Tom has been gone like forever. We thought Tom like quit. We thought he, he checked was, out, man. He uh, just checked out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've he been, gave his resignation letter and said he's done, but he's just been doing all kinds of things. So Tom, welcome back. How have you been, brother? I've been well, and I want to note that I was ready to go one particular time, and then you guys kept moving the the time from from when we normally meet to time. Oh, yeah. But you know, um, to be honest, you you broke into my nap time, and uh, these days at my age, you don't, you just don't. That's kind of sacred. You know, <laughs> God and I uh, have silent uh, silent conversation. So. Is he already grumpier, Brad? I'm Is telling you, man. I don't know what happened to him. You retire, and all of a sudden, the world owes him. I don't understand. <laughs> oh, golly. So anyway, Tom, welcome back. I am John, and Brad is here with us. Brad, how are you this doing morning? Doing well, man. Doing well. You're not in need of a nap, are you? Um, always. <laughs> always in need of a nap. Absolutely. Okay, but you're not so grumpy about it, and I appreciate that. So. Yeah, no, no. I try not to be. And Wade is off. He's attending to some conference stuff. So whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Wade, whatever. So he's being a good, responsible pastor. Yeah. On it. Man, what a such guy. Such a corporate team player. He's such a good guy. What a guy. So Tom was desperate to talk about baseball. That was my impression <laughs> over the text, um, text thing we have. So Tom, tell me what you think about MLB's long-standing relationship with tops coming to an end first of all i didn't even know that and second of all <laughs> i'm not the one who started this conversation brad brad de haven started the conversation oh. i never brought it up and so uh, um but i find that interesting no it wasn't me was it i don't know no i thought no. it was you no, it was Wade. Wade's away. Wade. Not even here. He says, "What about baseball as a metaphor for baseball?" And I thought, "All right." So he threw the curveball. I uh, threw the curveball in there. Yeah, yeah. He threw the curveball, and I just swung at it and missed. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the deal. I'll, I I love watching baseball. I'll go to baseball games. We we'll watch baseball baseball on TV. I don't know that I'll ever bring baseball up by myself in conversation, though. Is that right? Yeah, I don't oh, know yeah. that I've ever said, "Hey, what do you think about you know." There was one point in time we were talking about the theology of baseball. You know, it all started in Genesis. God, God was a baseball fan. Started yeah. out in the big inning, and uh, and everything. Yeah, I know. Oh, uh, yeah, MLB is ending its <laughs> partnership with baseball card manufacturer yeah. Tops. Uh huh. They're going with the new company, and uh, of course, I don't know. That, uh, yeah, again, does this doesn't affect me too much? I don't collect baseball cards i don't know if either you guys do but they're going to another company that promises that this is going to be better for players as far as contracts and things like that uh hugely lucrative for players and mlb it's more than 10 times larger than any other deal mlb or players have agreed to according to espn so so tops has been i mean it's tops and baseball right so if you're going to uh -huh. remove baseball baseball from tops 
any guesses as to what is left so far, at least uh, now, uh, for tops? What sport are they left with? For well, the they they do football, don't they? I mean, they don't do a lot of it, but they do football and football. Um, it's, it's interesting because they're not the only ones who make um, make baseball cards either. Um, and so, you got clear and who else? There's yeah, other groups. But could all those groups use logos and everything else? Oh, is that what the... That I don't know. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah, that's I think that's point. what the tops deal was all about. But at least according to this from NPR, uh, uh, Major League Soccer is their next biggest sort of uh, really? next biggest sport uh, that they wow. do. Yeah, I've never even seen a Major League Soccer card, so I don't, I don't know. So uh, I, haven't, I, I haven't seen a lot of Major League Baseball cards lately. Um, Although I will tell you that uh, there are, you know, um, there are a lot of people who have pretty substantial books that show up and they flip them open and have players uh, sign, uh, you know, what would uh, essentially be their minor league uh, mm -hmm. cards, hoping that one day they'll be big major leaguers. So I think I have a Randall Cunningham card somewhere. Wow. Um, he's the reason I started watching the Eagles back in fifth grade. So, um, found that card and anyway, but so collecting cards is a hobby steeped in tradition and regularity. Uh, whoever this is said <laughs> for tops to not have a licensed baseball issue. That's going to be a tough pill for a lot of collectors to swallow. Yeah. Any church well, connection? Will that make then their cards more valuable since they're I, no longer there? You know, I, I mean, wondered that, you know, be rare. Yeah, I, I wonder that. Now, this doesn't take effect, I think, for a few more years, but still, mm -hmm. I, I wonder that as well, that the tops cards you do have, do, does that make them more valuable now? Um, okay. uh, this one mentions the 1952 Mickey Mantle card that sold last January for $5.2 million from tops. I mean, does that increase its value? I don't know. What I wanted to ask, does that have any church connection? I mean, is there anything the church can peel from this that might help us? Maybe That's we ought to have... Baseball or preacher cards or something like preacher that. Preacher cards. That's a yeah, that's steeple yes. cards or something. Steeple <laughs> cards. There you go. Pulpit I, cards. I used to make uh I guess you can call them like baseball cards in one of the churches, but your Bible figures for the kids, you know. Yeah, there you, go. Worship, you know, yeah. Moses and Elijah and you know, the woman at the well, all those kinds of things. I imagined that the uh, cabinet has preacher cards already. <laughs> that's how that's they how do, do appointments. Yeah, absolutely. They're like, you know what? I'll give you one Tom for a yeah. bride and <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. And a yeah. draft pick to be mentioned later. Um, yeah, really. You know, I don't know how that works. But anyway, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it involves later. a dart board. Probably so. I always Probably. thought it was the green visor, you know, in the smoke-filled room, and they're all going like, you know, <laughs> see who you get. What's going on in the Capital District, huh? That's right. That's I don't exactly know why it's right. in the Capital District first, but anyway. All right. It so, no longer exists. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or does uh, it? It's Capital District. Yeah, yeah it used to be Austin District. Yeah, the Austin District has gone there. There you go. So I don't know what he's that retired means. And he's forgotten all of that already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm reaching back. I'm jealous of you, man. I'm jealous. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was, it's interesting. I had a conversation which kind of ties into, into uh, theology, good theology, bad theology, and... Um, you know, the, the church as a whole is at a place that they're asking questions and they're the same kind of questions I 
I have been asking personally is, uh, you know, is now what do we do? What is God calling us to? And, uh, and, and, you know, the first three weeks, I, I keep saying this first three weeks, I was just kind of, uh, asking anyone anywhere, uh, you need help. And, 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 and this seriously is one of the, I asked the clubby if he needed help picking up towels because uh, I heard that they had, you know, they had a lot of work to do. And hey, if you need help, you know, call this person. She has my number, and I'll I'll be right down there to help. You know, um, now I, I'm at the stage of okay, take a longer pause. Don't be in a hurry to fill the spaces because you want to fill the spaces with uh, the things that are edifying to the soul and good for the community, which it's good. I think sound theology for the church today, y'all's church, uh, the church where I served, um, you know, the, the United Methodist Church as a whole is like, now what? And let's not try to quickly fill in the spaces. And that's good for ministry period, right? For churches, you know, why are we so um, quick to be busy about something that's just sort of kind of kind of built into our sort of culture, I guess, that, you know, we got to be yeah. busy, we got to be doing something. And uh, what we end up doing is something that just really isn't all that important or meaningful, or like you said, you know, doesn't edify us at all. So we've uh, forgotten how to wait for the Lord. Right on. Yeah. Well, yeah. We really have as a church, we, we've caught up in the culture of now, 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 yesterday, now, 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 first thing, next, next, next. And, and oftentimes what God is just waiting or, you know, waiting on us to do is to just wait on God's time. And we don't know how to do that. So we're always looking at what's next, you know, now what? And it's, it's time for the church to stop, take a breath, really think about what is going on and what truly needs to be done and then step in because God will reveal that to us. It's hard for us to hear. Yeah, it's been very, very difficult during COVID because uh, COVID really has has broken that that we've got to go 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 right. to now we need to we need to stay and argue <laughs> mask or no mask because they I mean <laughs> yeah that's 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 the the culture as a whole and that's a the culture within the church is you know we've moved from what color to paint the bathrooms to now should we or shouldn't we wear masks yeah. Well, and you bring that up, Tom. It's good. So COVID, I think we've talked about this too in here in the podcast in previous episodes that, you know, COVID exposed a lot of things. It didn't create a lot of things. It just exposed things that were already there, both right. in church and in larger culture, things like that, education and income disparity, all these kinds of things that, you know, gets talked about. And all this pandemic did was bring it to the forefront where you couldn't ignore it anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we've seen in the in, in the church that, you know, uh, it's been there before, this is nothing new, uh, is this idea about, um, uh, I called it good and bad theology, and, and Brad uh, is going to share with us a little bit later, you know, about why how we can better shape that question. But by God, fellas, I have just heard some pretty bad theology uh, you know, related to pandemic and COVID and what do we do now and all this stuff. And I'm like, how do people even say what they say with a straight face sometimes? And um, so I thought it'd be uh, helpful, interesting, uh, and would be an edifying conversation to talk to talk some about theology. Mm-hmm. 
what theology is, why it's important uh, to consider, and if if there's a better way of shaping theology as opposed to good or bad, what is that? And then, you know, kind of, again, talk about why this is important for sort of the everyday Christian who who is a part of, you know, a church, a local congregation, why this is something that they might give time to think about. I think it's important. Now, let me give you a few examples of some of the things that just sort of spurred me on. Uh, uh, Mississippi's governor, did you read this title? Uh, why does it want to appear? Uh, there it is. Mississippi's governor says, uh, I'm often asked by some of my friends on the other side of the aisle about COVID and why does it seem like folks in Mississippi and maybe in the Mid-South are a little less scared, shall we say. When you believe in eternal life, when you believe that living on this earth is but a blip on the screen, then you don't have to be so scared of things, he said. Now, on one side, I affirm that, you know, yeah, we have victory in Christ and that is what it is. But at the same time, we're using that as a way to sort of kind of, I don't want to say this, go against what might be helpful for everybody. All right. Uh, and even checking out, we just right. check out of life because this life doesn't matter. We've got to turn matter. Right. And that that's a strain of theology we, we see in, in different places. Right. Uh, and I don't know if this is good or bad theology, but it's I mean, you know, and I have a issue with politicians and scripture when they use scripture. Um, but President Biden last week and in, in a speech given to sort of honor the fallen soldiers that were killed uh, last week, he quoted from Isaiah 6, 8. Did you did you see that? Um speech where he says the American military has been answering for a long time. Here I am, Lord, send me. Whew, that just, that just irks me. Um, but here's, here's, here's one guys, here's one that just, and this isn't COVID related um, necessarily, but Zambian prophet, all these ads, there he is. Zambian prophet who believed he could recreate the resurrection of Jesus dies after getting his followers to bury him alive for three days. So, Pastor... Says, read, read that again. <laughs> a pastor in Zambia has died after an attempt to recreate the resurrection of Jesus failed, and he was left tied up and buried underground for three days. Uh, James Sakara, who's 22, was found dead after being dug back up in the Zambian town of Chadiza, Chadiza, in the country's yeah. eastern province. This is what? That's eastern Africa, I think. Uh, the pastor of Zion Church in the town had convinced his congregation that he could resurrect in three days, mimicking Jesus Christ, and requested he be buried beneath the earth. Guys, you call it what you want, but I'm saying that's bad theology. <laughs> No, that's that's ignorance and stupidity. Stupidity, sure, okay. Because he doesn't understand what resurrection is. I mean, resurrection is not what Jesus did; it's what God did to Jesus. All right. You know, I mean, that's ignorance. That's not knowing the scriptures well enough to do that. And why? Why in the world would he want to recreate that? He didn't even go through the cross. Uh oh. You know, you jump into Easter and forgetting Good Friday, right? That's exactly right. He's just he's just celebrating, you know, the Easter moment, and not 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 all of Good Friday and Monday Thursday and all of that. There's there's a lot that's missing in that theology. I mean, it's not even it's it's a Swiss cheese theology. You know, there's a lot of stuff missing in there. And so, 
you know, these are some, again, some of the things I'm saying, I'm like, how do we make sure that we are helping our people um, be able to distinguish, you know, that last one, that's pretty extreme, right? Cool. I think most people are like, uh, you know what, maybe that's not a good idea, although he had help. But anyway, so how do we, how do we distinguish then? This Did idea anybody hear him knocking on the, you know? <laughs> I don't know how he was, he, he was, was tied up. Remember, he was tied up. So you couldn't. Man, I'd be banging. I'd be a headbanger, everything. Give me that. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. Okay. Well, the conversation then surrounds theology. What is theology? Why is it important? You tell me. Go. Well, you know, just let's let's come back to some some basics. So let's go with with uh, Biden's Isaiah 6, 8. Uh, it would be very helpful to read the, uh, the context of that, uh, you know, Isaiah 6, 8 is a, is a time of transition. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's, uh, it's also uh, about having a, a, an amazing uh, heavenly vision of God seated on the throne, God in control at a time uh, of tumult. But uh, basically, you know, uh, just saying there was a, a specific message that was given to Isaiah and are uh, given and Isaiah responded to that me message by saying, um, here I am, send me. And, and it's a song that we as United Methodists have sung uh, often throughout the years. Um, <laughs> I, I would be surprised if it has not been uh, sung at least once in the past 12 months in, uh, in all, each of our churches. Uh, I know it has been at Asbury while I was there uh, less than a year ago. So, so you know, it starts with if you hear something, at least look it up and see what the context is uh, for the whole thing before you jump to the conclusion of, oh, that's great. So God is behind our troops and we have we're on God's message. Uh, we are God's messengers. So that seems like a, that's a practical bit of advice of how to discern right uh theology and scripture to learn its context right so again at the heart though how, how do we say we learn it we're learning context how do we how do we get to theology how do we, backtrack theology what is that give me a good working definition theology is the the knowledge and study of god and how we understand god to relate to us and us to god i mean that's a bare bones and that's not even all of it it is it is our understanding of our relationship with god and god's relationship with us and um to know the deeper depths of that you start adding in you know the, the context of that as, as you know as tom said we've got to talk about context that god created us out of god's passion and love for us and then god redeems us when we fell away out of god's passion and love for us the mercy and grace of God comes to us through our understanding of, of what God has done for us, even when we did not deserve it. I mean, that's, <clears throat> and, it, and it builds from there, I think, um, you know, quite simply, theos is, is the Greek word for God, and, and logi is the word, uh, or it comes from logos, uh, and, and so it is the study of God. Can, I, anybody, I, can anybody do that, Brad? I'm sorry? Can anybody do that? Well, I think everybody should do that. I think, but I don't think anybody should do it ignorantly. You know, it's like going to a mechanic who takes a jackhammer to, you know, to unlock your door. 
um, you, you can it use might work. But... Yeah, oh yeah, it'll unlock the door and take the door off, and then you know you have a whole lot more damage to try to fix. And, oh, and boy, I think you know, right there, right? Well, that's what I was thinking about with your guy in 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 Africa who who decided to reenact the the, the resurrection. I'm I'm sitting there thinking, to what end and and for what purpose to mm. to prove that it was real? I mean we've got all sorts of evidence that's, that proves that that was real. You know, our whole calendar is based upon that. Everything we do in the world is based upon that. So, but not only that, my big question is the damage that was done by that is people looking at the church and thinking, well, they're just a bunch of crazy idiots. And that doesn't help the purpose of the church either. So, you know, when we, when we enter into theology, let's don't do it as a showboat, uh, as a, a means by which we're going to, uh, you know, exploit the, the, the truth of the gospel so that we become famous or we become, you know, somebody. But that's not the purpose of the gospel at all. That's not the purpose of, jo of, of the faith or of theology. So, and having just, just read, you know, the in John 17, mm -hmm. Jesus' prayer, conversation with God, that, that even, even Jesus was not going to to the cross to prove how great he was but i mean yeah. there were two th aspects of the cross that jesus had in mind first of all is to glorify the father absolutely and second of all to redeem god's creation and, and and specifically uh humanity so um but it, it's interesting one of the things that comes across to me is it's really helpful uh theologically at least from uh and and what we're talking about here is um uh you know uh i'm trying to think of the word but anyway christian theology we're coming from a christian perspective and how as followers of jesus christ are we to uh build around good solid solid theological ideas and and one is uh, is uh, when we talk about context there's context of a specific um, uh, verse in, in, in the context of, say, a chapter or uh, the completion of, a, an, a, of the entirety of a story that may go over two or three chapters. Uh, but there's also the breadth of, of knowing scripture in the beginning uh, to uh, the, I believe the, the final words are amen. Um, uh, but to, to know the, the breadth of the whole story, because in context, then it begins to make sense. Because um, there's parts of the scriptures that don't make sense at all. Uh, all of Judges doesn't make sense at all until you see the, the wide breadth of scripture as a whole. Right. Although I can tell you, there's some stories that if you mention them, uh, middle schoolers will read those, those passages. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I'm going, I want to go back to the question you just asked, uh, 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 John, about can anyone do theology? And I think the answer to that is an absolute yes. But it's best if we don't do it in isolation. You know what I mean? That, that <clears throat> to learn on how to do stuff, you can try and do it. We talked about this in Deconstructing Theology a couple of weeks ago that deconstruction is great unless you are doing it on your own with no intention of reconstructing it. And, and I think the best thing about the church and the reason the church exists is to help each other 
come to know God more fully and come to know what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. That's our Christian perspective, especially. And, and to know that in the power of the Holy Spirit, which works best in community. So can anyone do theology? I think everyone should do theology, but I don't believe that anyone should ever try to do it by themselves in isolation, because there's so much that can be missed that can be helped, uh, that can be drawn out through conversation, that can be pulled out of that and expanded upon through conversation with other folks who are, you know, maybe further down the line than we are, or maybe even, you know, um, behind us in the process, but, but can offer up questions that will make us begin to want to dig into our theology better. Um, and it ties into what Tom was just saying about how you, yeah. you can just read scripture. If you're gonna read one little part by itself, that's bumper uh, sticker theology, and that's not really theology. Uh, right. That, that's, yeah, that is something else. Tom, you're going to say? Yeah, I was going to kind of tie into the, uh, the mechanic uh, aspect is, is, you know, there's certain things. I, uh, I am not uh, anyone who can do a lot of mechanical work on a car. But mm -hmm. uh, there was a period of time when, when I uh, did a couple of things that uh, the, uh, on my own, but uh, not on my own. Uh, one was changing the oil. I used to do that until I moved to Wisconsin and didn't want to get on my back in February. Oh uh, yeah. Um, and and then the other was uh, was uh, was uh, and I, I was basically uh, pulling the what is heck? Now I can't even think. I just remember uh, setting the gaps on uh, spark plugs mm -hmm. and you know and and uh, and. How did I know to do that? Well, somebody came alongside and showed me how to do it uh, where the car actually did work after I had worked on it. Mm -hmm. uh, it was very limited what I could do, but what I could do, I knew how to do, not because I'm a brilliant mechanic, mm. but because someone came alongside and said, right. this is how you do it. I, yeah. Okay, and so uh, theology is this sort of thought about God, and then it kind of goes from there. So, you, uh, you know, if, if you're reading, you may hear somebody say something, you know, a theology of, you know, grace or theology of economics even or theology of whatever. So in other words, relating our thoughts of God to whatever topic it is, because right. it's all theology always goes back to our understanding of God and, and, and how we commune or how we're related to God and whatnot. And so that good theology is, is not done in isolation. It's done in, uh, in a communal setting with the church in some, in some fashion. Right. Uh, but then let's go a little further. We were talking about the idea of maybe good and bad theology. Maybe there's a better way to frame that, a better way to kind of think about what that is. And Brad, what were you saying before? Is it maybe a better well, way? I, I don't think that, uh, you know, theology is theology. It's the study of God. Now, the question is, when does theology uh, shift into heresy? And heresy is a twisting of theology to the point where it sounds almost correct, but it's not. You know, it's there's something wrong with it, and you can tell that. Um, we, we use the theology of the church fathers and mothers, the desert fathers and mothers. We use the church theology of, of of the patriarchs of the faith. We, we use the church theology of, of the greats of the faith who have struggled with these things in prayer and in consultation and conferencing with others. Uh, the, the Martin Luthers, the John Calvins, the, the, the Zwinglis, the, the John Wesleys of, of theology who have dealt with this 
on an ongoing basis for a lifetime and have struggled with it, not on their own, but in community and in conversation with other greats across the ages. We also remember that there is, you know, this, this tradition of the church. Where did that come from and why is that upheld? What, what value do we place upon the tradition of the church that has lasted 2,000 years? Um, I, I go back and talk about Paul a lot because Paul, you know, basically he spent 10 years of his life after he was converted traveling all over the Mediterranean, uh, in Asia, you know, in Asia Minor, and in, in, and in Europe, in Greece, and, and uh, Macedonia, and, and even over into Rome and Italy. Paul's ministry of 10 years, he started many, many, many churches, at least 13 that we know of, and they're still operating, you know? Those churches are still in existence. What did he do in that 10-year period of time that established a church that is still operating with that same theology or, or the theology that has grown from that original planting of seed that, that Paul put uh, in, the, in the hearts of those believers, those first believers. There's got to be something there that is valuable enough that we want to keep, that, that is essential for how we understand the church. Why is it that Paul argued so much in many of his letters against things that were coming in and corrupting what he had taught. Why was he so convicted about that? Why was he so convinced? There must have been some kind of, of influence upon him through the power of the Holy Spirit, through his conversation with God in prayer, and through his study and learning through the churches. There's got to be some substance there that's worth holding on to. So we don't just throw that out because it's old. Does that make sense? I mean, I, the part of what, what we what we start to argue with is when theology is mixed in with with culture or with stuff that is not theologically based that is not about God and and then begin to you know change it slightly it, it, and maybe we ought to think rethink this maybe we ought to edit this maybe we ought to add this one component in and what we find is heresy begins to creep in and what was once, sound theology now is something that is not even remotely Christian. And so so you're looking Christian. for the ability to put a theological argument uh, against uh, prior generation or, you know, go back further argument that, yeah, to scripture, but yeah. also you mentioned church fathers, but to be able to put, you know, those together and to see how they align that helps that helps uh, understand uh, what is good theology, what is not heretical. All right, Tom, let's say you. Well, the one thing that, you know, since we're talking about uh, Paul, that, you know, that there was the transformational moment of, of the road to Damascus and, uh, and the fact that he encountered the living Christ and everything flowed out of that reality is that uh, suddenly uh, you know, uh, the person who was anti-church and anti-Christ and uh, all of these things uh, was transformed by an encounter with Jesus Christ. But uh, against that also, or with the, that was the, uh, again, the, the, uh, the, his deep awareness of, uh, of the uh, Hebrew scriptures that we call the Old Testament. And, and, and it, it, it not only was it his experience of, of the living uh, Jesus, mm -hmm. but also it was against the backdrop as well of uh, 
Hebrew uh, theology and Hebrew understanding. And at one point, uh, Hebrew theology and Hebrew understanding was, you know, was going, I've got to defeat this thing until he encountered Jesus. And in the light of that experience with Jesus, he also now had light shed, shed on the other uh, part of his theology. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, I, I think at some point, our theology does have to begin uh, uh, with Jesus, who he is, who he said he, uh, who he, said he was, who he is uh, presently. And at some point, we've got to encounter that living uh, uh, person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, and, and sometimes it starts with the encounter. And then, you know, I mean, for me, it was the encounter with Jesus and then the encounter with scripture. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it begins with scripture that leads us to that encounter with Jesus. But at some point, if theology, if our theology doesn't le- uh, lead us into the presence of Jesus Christ, right. then, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say it's all for nothing, but it feels like uh, we've gone down a road, but it, that road is not the right road. So I, I'm, yeah, and I, of course, I'm throwing something out there that is a little bit broader or different than uh, the direction we've been going. Well, I think I think you're right on the uh, you hit the nail right on the head that if all theology does not lead us to Christ and to a relationship with God in Jesus Christ, then it's not really theology. It's just a, an intellectual exercise, and I think that's that's an empty exercise. So you're exactly right. If it doesn't lead us to a relationship with Christ, then the theology has some problems with it because it's not just about the the transmission of information. You know, we get that on the internet. You know, you can Google theology on the internet, but does that mean that you will encounter the living Christ? Maybe, but that's going to be through the work of the Holy Spirit and um, and not necessarily through, uh, you know, uh, the internet. But I, I think... Uh, I think you're exactly right. And, and I think the problem that we have, uh, I had a seminary professor that gave us two acronyms, uh, and one of them was called WIGIOT, and I think I've shared that with y'all before, WIGIOT, W-I-A-G, uh, uh, W-I-G-I-A-T, WIGIOT, where is God in all this? And, and true theology will begin to make you question that, want to question that. You You talked about the theology of economics or the theology of you know, whatever. And, and when we start talking about the theology of something, of a topic, that's what we're asking. Where is God in the midst of all of this? Uh, for just for the, uh, uh, you know, grins and giggles, uh, the other one was uh, C-I-U-A-G-O-I, and it was suck it up and get over it. But, you know, <laughs> that's, that was our other acronym that we, we learned. I think the big thing that we have to ask ourselves always is Christ to be found in this? And is it in keeping with what we've understood to be the methods by which folks have found Christ in the past? Um, our temptation in the, in the world today is to throw everything out and start from scratch and reinvent the wheel and, you know, get a whole new bath and a whole new bath water and, and a whole new baby and, and start from scratch. And I think that's ridiculous. Um, what has worked for 2,000 years should not be thrown out because it's 2,000 years old. Um, Paul didn't throw out the Old Testament. He continued to hold that up as the standard by which we would understand who God is, because we see through that whole narrative 
how God is actively involved in interacting with us. If that's true, then God is serious about wanting to be in relationship with us. How can we take that flippantly? So then, um, <laughs> and when it comes to theology, I, what I want the, you know, the person sitting in the local congregation to be able to do is to hear something I say, for example, mm -hmm. or to hear something they hear another preacher online say, or hear some governor from Mississippi or some president or some uh, prophet somewhere say something and to be able to, to discern for themselves mm -hmm. a, a, a faithful thought about you know, or a faithful reflection about what that means and what it is. And of course, I, I agree totally about the idea of, you know, this, let's bring this together uh, with, with the Christian community. And so I, you know, I think that becomes part of a conversation, a, a, a small group or a Sunday school, I don't know, whatever your mm -hmm. community looks like, you know, Hey, I heard this. Can you guys help me walk through this? And as a, as a, as a faithful community, we discern. Um, I also think, <laughs> you know, we talked a little while ago about slowing down. We're, we're so quick and we want to get to the next thing. I also think we need to like, learn how to reflect on what we hear because we are kind of quick to say, Oh, I heard so-and-so online say this about God. Wow. That must be true. And then if we were to, if we were to reflect on it a little more. Um, I think we'd kind of, I don't know, we, we'd see something else at the same time. I also think we need to give each other a little patience too. Uh, yeah. Brad, you mentioned, you know, people who, you know, maybe not as far along in the faith as, as, I, as we might be you know, give them a little room to say something stupid, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. Uh, and, and say, okay, that's fine. Think about this as you yeah. say that. And, you know, let's talk a little bit later and kind of what say, what do you go. mean by that? Can you explain yeah. that? Can you but, tell me more about that? I right. that's one of the things that they used to hate when I would teach a Bible study in school in church is that I would, you know, ask a question, somebody would answer with a one or two word. And I would say, say more yeah hated when i did that because it meant that they had to actually start thinking about what they just said well, and, and so what i've seen a lot particularly yeah. with young people i don't know some of us older people forget what it's like to be young a young person says something that sounds a little off and you can tell they haven't quite thought about it yet or they maybe they're just repeating something they heard and then what we want to do is we want to like just jump down their throat and i'm like guys calm down give them a chance right uh, to wrestle with some of this yeah. and to see how this plays out. Uh, let's slow down right. to do some reflection together. So, all right. So there's our theology talk. Theology is something we all, I think we all are doing, whether we say we're doing it or not, right? If you're not doing it and you're actually kind of doing it, you're saying yeah. it's not worth it, I guess. I don't know. So uh, maybe the next episode, we need to do the theology of facial hair. Because now two out of four of us have facial hair that is una uh, unavoidable. You can one, see, right, right. See, we can't see that on camera. So, you know, maybe. Yeah. That's you can't see I, that I, in real life either. So don't worry about it. I'm not even uh, as all in. I, I mean, you and, and Brad are, are at least uh, all in with your decision. I'm just kind of halfway there. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the moderate. I don't know about y'all. You know? He's right in the middle. Right in the middle. I'm the moderate. Mm -hmm. All right. So guys, thank you for that. I appreciate the conversation. I hope that's helpful. Uh, yeah. our people kind of think about, you know, what is, why is theology important? Uh, it's important because, because what we say about God matters, right? 
and how we think about God matters and has impact on what we do, who we are, what our churches are. So it, it's a helpful conversation. So I appreciate your insight. You guys are always so good and uh, thoughtful. And uh, I hope everyone else appreciated that as well. If you did, let us know. Or if there's something else you want us to talk about so we can try to find some good theological response to, <laughs> Christ-centered response to, let us know. Who knows who will be here next week? It may be one, two, three, or four of us. Maybe we'll have a guest. I don't know. You'll have to tune in and find out. So uh, any final words, Tom? Um, appreciate seeing you all. And if I'm not here, it's because, and I know I won't be here next week, is because um, something else has happened that's better. No. <laughs> No, the, the truth of the matter is I'll be traveling uh, next Monday, so I won't make it. Um, I'm going to be uh, not going to RIM, but uh, but I am going to Houston. So Very good. You will be missed again. Brad, any final words? Uh, next Monday is Labor Day, so um, I will be laboring. I mean, uh, um, honoring those who labor. Very good. No, I'm just... Uh, no, I think I think this is a great conversation, and and it's one of those that we need to continue to have over and over again. You know, what is theology and what is heresy, and when do you, how do you learn to smell the difference? You know, I mean, that's that's the best way I know how to describe it. You're going like, something doesn't smell right here, and let's figure out what it is and uh, see if we can't grow from it. Definitely, don't bury yourself in hopes of resurrecting in three days. Can I just leave everybody with that thought? Can we just agree that that's not a good thought? Yeah. All right. Have a great rest of the week, guys, and uh, we'll see you all. Thank you for the gift of your time. And you, thanks for listening and watching. God be with you. God bless. God bless. Thanks, John. 